0: Alright everybody, welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. It is opening day, week slash weekend. The boys are here. Joined by John and Josh, we're going to go over the Royals in all MLB. We're going to give our predictions and our outlooks for the season. We're talking award predictions, and if you know us, we have about a 1% hit rate on those, so stay tuned for that. Uh, College basketball March Madness is over. The nightmare happened. Kansas won the national championship. We'll go over that with also uh, Mizzou head coach Dennis Gates bringing back Aiden Shaw. We might break that down a little bit later on in the episode. We're going to have an interview with UFC fighter Trey Ogden, my brother. Uh, that was a good little chat. That'll be later. He's got a fight coming April sixteenth, and of course, and this is going to be a funny one. Race for the ten seed. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, Josh. But uh, um, I'm at
1: home. I'm at home. So
0: let's let's. <laughs> I might yell this one for the Lakers. But let's go ahead and start it off and let's recap March Madness real quick. So let's go back to that Final Four and Josh, what do you think? What are your overall thoughts on the Final Four? Obviously, we didn't want Kansas to win, but what are your overall thoughts on the Final Four?
1: First first Final Four game, Villanova Kansas, Kansas played the best game of their life. Um uh, it was it was a good game. It was never Villanova. They were never really having... You never really thought they had a chance. Duke-North Carolina won a hell of a game. Yeah. Um. When you look at it, that's the game you're going to remember from this Final Four. Easily. From this tournament. Um, And I went, it was a really good game. I was upset with the outcome. I obviously wanted Duke to win. <laughs> Excuse me, but... Yeah, I mean... It was a really good back and forth game. The way Caleb Love was hitting shots. Amanda oh, yeah. Baycock came after, came back from like breaking his leg, it seemed like, the way everyone was reacting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was a good final four. The national championship sucked like absolute cock, if I'm going to be honest. The result
0: did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The game was okay. People were like, but it was a good game. I'm like, no, if Kansas won, it's not a good game. I did not enjoy it.
0: John?
2: Um,. Personally, I didn't watch either of the Final Four games, um, so I can't really give you a ton on that. About uh, but I can tell you that Kansas had the biggest cakewalk in the history of the NCAA tournament. Probably. I don't even have to justify myself. In fact, I'll go ahead and say they had the biggest cakewalk in the history of sports.
1: Um, they played an average of an eight seed.
0: Which, like, let's I let's put def- some context into there. When you're a one seed in the first two rounds, you're going to play shit teams. That's that's a given. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it was after but, that where they got to face. Yeah, Providence was Providence, who, game. Providence might be a four seed. Let's be honest; they were probably the weakest four seed in the entire tournament. If we're just they're keeping- probably
2: the weakest four seed since <laughs> Kansas State without freaking
0: dean wade in That's right. That's right. and then they like, face 10 they seed not- miami which if we're being honest 10 seed miami had no business in the elite eight and then they face villanova who is a two seed who is a good team but i don't remember the name of the guard josh Said, if you know it who tours achilles and the elite eight doesn't play in the final four and this isn't you know like i'm not trying to say kansas didn't earn it because ultimately you know you can only play who they put in front of you but it is just like they literally had like the cheesest walk to the championship possible. And it's funny because this wasn't even the best Kansas team that we've seen in the last like four years. Like they, the 2020 team would have beat the shit out of this team. So it's just interesting that they finally broke through with this team out of all teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean going to be honest, Kansas should have two national championships in the last three years. You got to give credit where credit's due. Oh yeah, they had a really good chance in winning tw- in 2020. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: I, if coronavirus doesn't exist, I think Bill Self is—I hate saying it—is in the conversation of one of the greatest head coaches of all time.
0: Yeah, and he might but already I, I, be. Yeah, it's true.
1: FBI. Yeah. I, I understand a that. I understand but that. They're I have all the same doing that. Point, and that's what you. But they're all understand. doing it, so you yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. But, like, okay, all, but then if the you look at it, he's,
2: out of all the blue buds, he's had the least success by far. So well, John like, Calipari's, like only, won one Calipari John
1: Calipari's only won one. John Calipari's only won one, one ring with Kentucky.
2: Okay, that's so. Okay, so two. John Calipari. He still has been consistently whipped in the ass in the tournament in terms yeah, of Duke. And I also and was North listening
1: to part of my take. They started discussing what do you believe is a blue blood in today's yeah. age of basketball. I want to discuss that with you guys.
2: So Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Villanova.
0: You don't
1: throw UCLA in. No, hell no. They were See, good that's one not time. even the debate. Much like the, debate every is, other
0: year. the debate is normally, um, what was I going to say? The debate is, is normally, a- is Villanova a blue blood? And I would say yes to that. I think that they. I would say yes. I
1: mean, have you been playing bottom the the four in the last say, six
0: years? And people say, well, they haven't been. Like, they don't have a history. Like, they've only been good under Jay Wright. Duke's only been good under one coach. Like, you have to start winning championships eventually. And, like, look. UCLA is an interesting one because they won those seven rings in a row they won I think what was it 11 out of 12 years and now uh, they're back but that was and they're good like I'd, I'd still say you could argue they're a blue blood I'd say you could argue Indiana's a blue blood but at some point if you're being so generous with who you're letting in this club being a blue blood really doesn't matter anymore so it's just not it doesn't hold as much weight so I think the undeniable ones are Duke. North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, and Villanova. Those are the teams I think are undeniable Blue Bloods.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not much more
0: more to say there. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Mizzou. They're able to reland Aiden Shaw today. Uh, He's the highest recruit they've gotten since 2017, which is both sad and, like, I guess a little bit exciting. So what are your guys' thoughts on him recommitting to Mizzou? What do you think it means for the program?
1: I'll let you go, John.
0: Uh, are you
2: saying Aiden Shaw returning? Yeah. Sorry. yeah. yeah. I, I was asking, yes. what
0: do you think that means for the program at this point?
2: Um, Look, Mizzou basketball, I think, is a thing that you don't want to talk to me about because <laughs> I, while I like Dennis Gates, I do not expect to like – With I don't expect Mizzou to climb out of the, the hole that they're in. I'm um, not like, having our, an Iowa
1: State turnaround year. People need, people need to understand that.
2: Yeah, like I don't think we're ever going to have a turnaround, quite frankly. I think with the transfer portal, it's too hard to even get excited over one recruit. They could all be gone in a week. Or mm-hmm. not in a week, at, in a week after the end of the next season. Um, I, I don't know. I'm very nihilistic about um, college basketball for teams like Mizzou. I think that the way that – I mean, look. Even Konzo got a really good recruit in Trevon Brazil, who I think will be like in an NBA conversation at some point in his basketball career. Um, And he left immediately, Um, so it's just hard for me to even get excited. So I'll go ahead and say it means like very little, very little to me.
1: Let me ask you this: If Brazil and Konzo, or excuse me, if Konzo is still here, is Brazil still here? No, and I'm not.
2: No, and I'm not making a comment about like us screwing up probably not i think he's gone if konzo's here too like i don't think the issue was with not playing with konzo martin i think we kind of saw that with aiden shaw um i just think that it's way too difficult to build anything i mean the route to the top for a team like mizzou back in the day would have been find some diamond in the rough recruits but even when you do that now they just leave like what are we ever going to do to look
1: at it is I hate comparing it, but look at what Eric Musselman has done with Arkansas. He took, a program that, like, he took a program that came from nothing and made them something. Yeah, and he's
2: stealing the people from Mizzou. It's people like him that are the exact reason that we'll never do that. Like I, I There's just too many, too many doors have closed on us, I feel like. You can't fester in a pool of shit for 10 years and then have players care about your university. That's I why... Think- it's, Anyone worth a damn transfers out of Mizzou. Look at Pinson. Look at Brazil. It's it's going to be a repeated cycle of Aiden that's Shaw's the, That's worth the a difference. Dam.
0: Is you have to get these guys there, and if you get them in there, the, the hope is that they want to play for Coach Gates. Like they, he's a guy they want to play for. If that becomes the because that's what happened at Arkansas. Arkansas wasn't getting any recruits. Guys started wanting to play for a guy like Musselman. We've gotten what?
1: Let me say no, here, here. Let me say this. Let me say this. I'm not saying Dennis Gates is the next Eric Musselman, but no, I think he's, he's a very he's a very good player to kind of view or a very good coach on something, how you want to view your program. Eric Musselman in 2019, the first year he had Arkansas, he only, there was only one recruit
0: coming in. He yeah, had like, six transfers. It's hard. It's it's hard to hard. do
1: it in the first year. And Arkansas, what that first year, I don't know what I don't even know what they did real. in twenty
0: nineteen, but they I mean, twenty nineteen
1: Arkansas basketball. They went, they went. Excuse me, sorry. Doesn't even matter. Like, twenty and that, 12, 20 and twelve, which is good. Mizzou like, won't, Yeah, which is good in your first year. We're not gonna do. But that. then you look at the next year. Arkansas, the ninth best class. Am I expecting Eric Musselman? Or Dennis Gates to get the ninth best class? No. Am I expecting Dennis Gates to, I'm not even joking, get a top 30 class? I sure hope so. Maybe. Maybe top 40. But we're already at 57 with nothing. Yeah, that's I why mean... I'm like, top 30 can't be that hard. So let me say top 40. If Dennis Gates can get top 40 in next year's class, I think we're making steps in the right direction. And I, I think that's how you need to view it. We definitely know this is going to take a lot longer than it is. what everyone is hoping. And, and we don't it's need to be to aiming time.
0: to be Arkansas. We don't need to aim to be that. No, exactly. in reality, you can't. They have the second fucking recruiting classes here. They have two five-stars coming in. They get Brazil to transfer there, who when we took them, was a, to, this is to John's point, we got him as a three-star. He's transferring there as a four-star. Like the second they've upped their value, they're getting the hell out of here. And that's what they have to – that's what Mizzou has to – find a way to stop is they have to find a way to get these guys in, develop them and have them want to actually be here, which is a lot easier said than done. Which
2: is, and that is where my case comes into where I literally would argue that that is like damn near impossible. It feels that way, (laughs) but it's not, especially when nobody comes to the games. I mean, I know that, and I'm not saying that's the fans fault because I didn't go to very many. I think I went to like five Mizzou basketball games this year. Um, as a student, it's like, I think that there's a certain hole you can dig yourself in and you can't get out. I mean, look at Mizzou since Kim Anderson's been our coach. We haven't actually weathered the storm at all. We, I mean, yeah, we had the one year and it was still pretty shit. I mean, we literally went from number nine in the country to losing like 12 of 14 games and getting bounced as an eight seed. Um, I just, I think the overhaul is too big. Looking you in the face, and the other thing I have to point to is that there are programs that are even more established than us that are having bigger issues. Look at LSU. Kansas State hired probably the most exciting like uh, coaching prospect that there was this cycle, or at least one of them, and their best player immediately transferred out. Um, like it, I think the portal just makes it so difficult to build something as a little school. You're just you're destined to being a feeder. I think is the way I look at it. And I mean, it's just hard for me to see Mizzou being able to keep more than two good players on their roster at once because they always leave. They just do.
0: And that's, so kind, of a Mizzou has... that is, that's kind of a point that I wanted to talk about is I think the transfer portal is a little broken right now. The fact that you're seeing so many good players hit it every single year is concerning I honestly don't know the exact fix. An idea I would throw out there is: you get one transfer, and that's it. Once you're once you get once you transfer one time, you're not transferring again because right now it's ridiculous. Cheer, unless
1: you're Blake Harris,
0: right now it's ridiculous. There are guys that are transferring three, four times in college. Look, I know situations sometimes that happens, like a guy gets fired that brought you in, and you want you you want to go somewhere else, and that's fine. That's why it's there. But being able to transfer okay, but- this frequently, I feel like, is not good for the sport.
2: Okay, but I'm pretty sure you can only portal once and then you can transfer again if you have, like, if you've gotten a degree. Hmm. But I don't think that, like, you can just hop in the
0: portal every year, can you? I don't I know. Think you but can. It's, it feels I think like it. Can it. Like, it feels like. Every- I mean,
1: I know this isn't. I, I just said his name, but Blake Harris has literally went to five different
0: colleges. Like, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's.
1: But I mean, I think
2: he's different because, like, did he even ever play at NC State? Yes. Like,. Okay, did he even ever play at like the next school? I don't know. I, I don't know like... about
1: that, but no. All right. Well, going back to Mizzou, Mizzou yeah. has three more open scholarships, so the Tigers are not done.
0: No. And I'm okay. So, at this point, sorry. I'm assuming that the Browns are staying. I haven't heard anything from. Oh that. yeah,
1: I believe they're staying. So
0: that that seems to be good. I actually like Amari Davis coming back. I think he's a good bench guy to have.
1: Ronnie DeGreg. Um,
0: Ronnie, like De- Ronnie, Ronnie De Grey, uh, that Sam Dugarin. I don't know how to say his name. He's gone. Oh, he left. I didn't see that. Uh, what about he's Yaya? Been gone
1: since like July?
0: What about that? Or not Yaya. July? January. What about that? Like Yaya Kita dude? Is he coming back? He's still here. Uh, so there's some potential there. There's like that it'll. I don't think they will be as bad as last year, but I don't think you're going to see a significant increase in wins. It just won't be as embarrassing when we lose. Is honestly, and that's an upgrade, you know. If we're still losing to Arkansas, which we will, it, let it be by ten and not thirty. You know, there's some pride to be taken there. But
2: and, and look, sorry, I just want to cap this off with saying that I don't think Dennis States has done any wrongdoing, and I think that he is very much a good coach. Like I, I do. I think that even the approach you might you've be seen the filling with,
1: the filling coach. He might be the like, coach to get Mizzou back on the map, and then we hire someone really good. I mean. I don't
2: really think that's how it works in college basketball, but um, whatever. I'm interested. They,
1: I, I'm I'm you got a lot of alumni back into this. I truly think he's an Elijah Drinkwitz of basketball.
2: We'll see, dude. I truly think Mizzou is going to be just as big of a joke in basketball in five years as they are right now,
1: like
0: which is like I, more than likely. It's yeah, it's the more yeah. than likely scenario, but. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, yes, and
1: you're right. I'm not and making it's like big. Five regulation. years from now, if we still had Conzo, would it be in the same place? So, therefore, why not take the chance? You yeah. know.
0: I mean, no, it's, no, they're 100 no. percent the right to fire him 100%. and try and take a chance.
1: And, yeah. Was... And maybe my
2: discussion here was counterproductive because it was more so just about like the hopelessness for teams trying to rebuild in college basketball. But
0: yeah. All right. Well, we don't have a ton of time left with John. So, with the time that we do have left, let's go ahead. And get into some MLB predictions because as we're recording this opening day is tomorrow. I'll get
1: this out I'll get this out today.
0: Okay, well this will be out it's before opening, opening day. day. You it's heard it from day. Josh. If it's not, then it's his fault. Um let's go ahead and start with the Royals because that's what people come in to listen about. So I'll just give you a number right now and you're gonna tell me over under seventy four and a half wins. My heart says
2: over, but my brain says under. Okay, I'm going um, over.
0: Now I just I, I don't think the pitching
2: is good enough yet.
0: But the pitching, I say we get 77 wins. The thing is, the pitching wasn't good last year, and they won 74 games. So they won 74 last year. Nobody believes me when I tell them that we went 74 and 88, which isn't good. Uh, but it's like, but it's not way terrible. better than people remember that team for. Yeah, like that team. People, people... think
1: we're gonna take a, a step back. I'm like, we didn't lose anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you nope. lost Mike Miner. Like, really? Okay, then that's... I will go over. They got Zach Greinke. Because I just brought up seventy four and a half because that's the Vegas number. But I think it's over. I'd think, I'd think like seventy seven to eighty is the range I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, we're
1: not making the playoffs. No, but,
0: but I do think the lineup is going to be really, really good this year. Like As long as like guys don't fall off a cliff, that lineup is going to be so potent. And yes, we don't have very good starting pitching right now. Our bullpen pitching was pretty sus in spring training. But I still believe it's a good enough team to win 77 to 80 games. With that being said... I could see 77 to 80 wins being last in the AL Central this year. It's a pretty deep division. At this point, <laughs> at this point yep. you've got the White Sox, who are the clear favorites. They have, by far and away, the most talent. You've got the Twins, who, just when you think they're going to rebuild, when they trade Jose Barreos last year at the deadline, they bring in uh, Carlos Correa this offseason, and they just traded for a starter Chris, that I blanked. Yeah. They blanked, They traded Chris for Paddock. Chris Chris Paddock. Yeah, Chris Paddock, yeah. So, they're apparently trying to be in the mix. Of course, they've got guys like Brian Buxton. Detroit, I'd say is further ahead in the rebuild than the Royals are. They're bringing up guys like I think Torkelson. Detroit's
1: a wild card team.
0: They're, they brought in Javi Baez. That team, they just got Austin Meadows in a trade. Like, that team is going to be good. And then you've got the Guardians, who have a pretty damn good pitching staff. They've got Shane Bieber still. Jose Ramirez, who's always an MVP candidate. So, in all honesty the royals might put together one of their better seasons in you know the recent years and they're probably going to be last place yeah they're they're
2: most likely going to be last place the thing i do want to say is that i mean and god i hate i really hate that like every royals conversation ends up getting compared back to this but the the 14 royals weren't exactly a smoke show on paper either um and maybe that's just the thing about the Royals is that they break the math and win games in ways that shouldn't make any sense. Because I'm thinking that if we are going to do anything, it's going to look a lot like that. Just, just with the way that, I mean,
0: things are set up. Well, look, I think there are some similarities to 14 in the sense that you bring in a veteran pitcher with a very young pitching staff like we brought in James Shields that year. We bring in uh-huh. Grinky this year. I think you see a similarity there. And also I think you're looking at a team outside of Perez right now that's very contact and speed oriented, just like it was in 2014. And you're also looking at a bullpen that on paper should be good. So you can kind of see Dayton and company have kind of been trying to build this similar to that model. Uh, I just don't think that it's there yet. I think you're looking more 2012, 2013 than you are 2014
1: I think we're, it's hard to describe. I think we're going to be at the, the 2013 teams, but I don't think we're making the playoffs next year.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Well, the added playoff team helps. The Now you get six in the American League, which will be beneficial. But it is, like, like I said, the division right now, like the division was tough the year that we first made the playoffs in 2014. Those Tigers were good. But then in 2015, the Royals were very good, but they did catch a break because all the other teams in the division were very mediocre. You're not really catching that break right now. So it's going to be more difficult for the Royals this time, I think. But uh, I don't think there's a team that has a more promising infield. Like you've got at one, and eventually you're going to have Prado, uh, Nicky Lopez, Mondesi, and Bobby Witt. I don't think there's a, a, so... another team in the MLB that has an infield close to that good. So you do have that working for you. It's just probably going to be another year of growth and that's fine. So yeah, Josh, do you have the stuff to write down or make the graphic? Oh, we're going to have to come back and clown ourselves for this one. Also the, I didn't know we were making the graphic, but no, we're making the graphic. Also the NBA one we can look at pretty soon because that season's almost over. Uh, But let's go ahead and start it off while Josh is finding something to make a graphic. ALMVP. John Christ um, Christ
2: all right <laughs> Mike Trout
0: okay Mike ba- Trout basic pick but you know it's you yeah. can never really go wrong with that <laughs> I mean if you I feel like if you say him or Shohei Otani everyone's just like no. yeah He's yeah that's that's probably fair um yep
1: John you don't gotta go to church anymore huh you don't have to go to church anymore oh no the i don't have to go to
0: church anymore all
1: right
0: <laughs> sounds good oh right, okay perfect. no more church service it is a wednesday though i'm surprised you're skipping but yeah um so all my right. al mvp hold, per- up,
1: hold up hold the hell up
0: okay sorry josh wasn't ready for my hot takes
1: al mvp john you said who mike trout I did these yesterday. That's like, the I safest pick
0: this. out of any of these we've ever done. Like, out of NBA, yep. NFL, anything. He has never made an MVP pick that made more sense. Maybe Mahomes, like, even then, I think this makes more sense. All
1: right. Remember... Well, You're it... ready.
2: I, I got very, very distracted by being a meme.
0: Um, With the Trey so, man. Yeah. yeah. Terrence man, but yeah, who has been, like, very average this (laughs)
2: season.
0: I mean, that was kind of obvious, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) He's living up to expectations. My AL MVP this year is going to be Aaron Judge. I think uh, if he can stay healthy, he's got a good opportunity to get it.
1: My AL MVP is also coming out of the AL East, but it's Vladdy. Vladdy I'm
0: glad I didn't say Vladdy now because I was thinking about Vladdy and... Now, every inch of my body wanted to say Bobby Witt Jr., but I'm not going to because I'm not that. I'm not going to go full John. I'm not going to do that. All right. You ready for the next award, Josh? Yep. AL Rookie of the Year, Bobby Witt Jr.
1: Wait. We're not doing NL MVP?
0: Oh, you want to go straight to NL MVP? Yeah, NL MVP.
1: Yeah, I want to do the –
0: yeah. NL MVP. My pick, I'll start Juan (laughs) Soto. All right. Anybody can
2: chime in. God, who the hell plays in the NL? Um, <laughs> He's going to
1: get it, too. Baseball. He's going to get it, too. It's, here, it's Juan Soto plus 280, Ronald Acuna plus 700, Bryce Harper 900, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Tatis, Matt Olsen, Austin Riley, yeah, he Nolan gets it. Arenado. That's enough
2: players. Okay, yeah,
0: that's, that's a good sampler. Also, um, Yelich and Bellinger, if you're...
2: You know the hell with it i will go freddie freeman why not freddie freeman all right to i the went Dodgers. safe in the al i'm going bold in the nl that's fair i'm
1: also going bold in the nl i mean vladdy's kind of bold it's not bold but odd. He was
0: second last year I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna go trey turner
0: trey turner so you both have a dodger <laughs> so you both yeah. pick someone from a team that's going to have the best record in baseball which is smart I picked someone who's probably going to be on the team with the worst record in baseball, but that's all right.
1: The, the next Mike Trout. You pick the next Mike Trout.
0: Juan Soto is – did you guys see I, – I know you guys have heard the story of how he lost Ronald Acuna. The the story of how he lost Juan Soto is even worse.
1: Wait, what? We, wants, how we, do we had we Juan Soto.
0: Dayton Moore called three hours too late. He wanted to come here. They're, like The deal was done. The money was right. But Dayton called three hours too late, and he already took a deal with the Nationals.
2: I literally hate stories like this. Why do they even release them? <laughs> oh
1: God! All right, now can we do Rookie of the Year, Josh? I mean, I thought we were going to do Cy Young, but we can do Holy rookie piss, of the year. Josh! Also, I'm
0: excited to get it out. We can do Rookie of the Year, AL Rookie of the Year, Bobby Wood Jr.
2: Bobby Wood Jr. Uh, and I only do that because I don't know a single other rookie. Now this will
0: be like the Rodriguez. toughest year to win AL Rookie of the Year ever. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., Spencer, Spencer Torkelson. Torkelson. Yeah, it's gonna to be tough, but is
2: the guy that got picked above Bobby, like coming in yet? Rushing he won't be on the opening day
0: roster, but he'll make the league. He'll be up eventually. Okay. The, the Orioles are pulling a, a Royals, and they're trying to manipulate service time. Okay, I'm, I'm also good.
1: going Bobby Witt Jr.
0: Yeah, that's safe to say. But what else? NL it Rookie of the Year.
1: I can't wait to see what John pulls on. Pull of his up dad. the
0: odds
2: for him. Is Gavin Lux still a rookie? No. Nope. Damn it. I'm going to look this up as well because I don't know all of them. I don't know know a
1: single damn one. (laughs) I have one, and it's Hunter Green. I love Hunter Green on the Reds. Who the shit is that?
0: Oh, he's cold. O'Neal
1: Cruz. He's he's not going to be here for a
0: little. Yeah, no, that's a good Uh pick.
1: O'Neal Cruz, he isn't called up yet. You got the Suzuki from the Cubs. Yeah, I too I'm J. taking by the way. I'm
0: taking the Suzuki from the Cubs. Go okay, to... I'll take the Suzuki guy too. Otani has convinced me. Just you know,
2: he's... and no, I, no, I, I just want to call that, you out, is out is because, because
0: Me out. I
2: Yes, because I know that you love bringing up old argument takes, and I know at one point you were like, I'm sick and fucking tired of this Otani hype.
0: I was I am like, already I was, I was like I because know, before man. last I year good. he hadn't done jack shit and everyone treated them like a god. He earned his stripes, and I'll admit that. But before that, no, he, he was legitimately like getting the most hype for not doing shit.
2: Dude, the question that you have to bring in though is that like, and uh, even if he wasn't like that good at either of the things, like, isn't he still like insanely valuable if he's like above I'm average at both valuable, of them? You know. No, and that was the reason that I argued with you about that. Like it wasn't that I knew he was gonna become like the oh, insane yeah. monster that he is now. But the the thing that I always just wondered was like if he hits two sixty and has a four ERA, isn't he still like pretty ridiculous? Which All I right. think so, but wouldn't be the AL, hype
1: that he got. AL Cy Young Award, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Robbie this Ray, Lucas Gilito, Otani, Jose Barrios, Verlander, Gosman, you get the deal. Oh, I've got- Zach Grinky. <laughs> Future Royal Frankie Montas Damn it. as well.
0: Damn it, John. Were you gonna pick him? No, but I just felt it. I I thought you would either. I I knew you were gonna go with a the Royal there. Not, he was probably the front runner, but yeah. I, I yeah, think, I thought you were gonna go in. with Frankie Montas. I just had a feeling. I have a true underdog. I'm picking probably even and worse odds. Let than me Frankie. tell you guys. Go oh, okay. What do you have? Noah Syndergaard.
2: That's not terrible.
0: Coming off a four Underdog year mist. I don't know. Maybe. He's on the Angels. I feel like he's got a good chance to bounce back this year. He also has Lucas a good chance Gialito. to be a
2: complete flop.
0: Yeah, I mean, so does Granky. He's 38 years old, I and mean, you're just. Yes. We're really 100%. just throwing Hail Marys like, at this point. He
2: ain't winning He had like a 4 1 last year. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. John or Josh?
1: I, I got Lucas Giolito. Pick the White sock. How dare you! I just picked to I um, don't to, to lose.
2: Shut up. While we're on this subject, though, I did just want to say, and this is like completely aside, Like, I do not know a single damn thing about Frankie Montas. I just loved saying we should trade our prospects for him because <laughs> it got Royals fans all riled up, including you two. Yeah, because um, it would be a
0: stupid-ass trade so, and people are trying to... I don't
2: know shit about him, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well... <laughs> I would not, I would be very upset if we traded MJ Melendez or Nick Prado after we waited all this time. And then right when they're here, we trade them away. Well, I mean,
2: I feel like that's kind of how you do He's it. He's definitely though, a trade
1: line candidate, trade deadline candidate, and therefore the Orioles will not get him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, most likely not.
1: Most likely not.
0: All right, what's the next award?
1: Right. NL Cy Young.
0: NL Sayong. Cy- oh, yeah. I right.
1: can read you off names. Corbin Burns, no, Scherzer, I, Bueller, I think we can do this. Mula.
0: I know who I got. Who do you got? I John?
1: got mine.
2: Mine's the biggest. Okay, I feel like like pretty easy Jacob
1: Schlong, Like he's, he's hurt, not John. even playing. He, yeah, he's hurt. What? He's
2: going to miss like Jesus, the start of the season. Jesus man, I haven't watched baseball. You want to know long. something
1: that's crazy?
0: You he's
1: not the favorite. He's not the favorite because People don't know if he can stay healthy for a year. Like it's, you're betting on him just to stay healthy. Yeah. If, he's healthy if he's healthy, he'll he's the win.
0: Favorite. No, no. Yeah, no
1: but it's like you're now just you're betting on Willie he stay healthy because yeah. for the scion.
0: So John, okay, we'll give me. Um, I would Trevor. like
1: to note Trevor Bauer is plus two thousand on this website. Trevor so. Bauer.
0: forgot about him. I'm going
1: Scherzer. Scherzer, all right.
0: Um, Where is he again? The Mets. <laughs> Mets. That's and he's right. not even the
1: opening day. He's
2: yeah, not he's even opening too. day starter. <laughs> Who is opening day for them?
0: It's some, some random ass dude I'd never heard. Not of. Not Max Scherzer, or Jacob Degrom. <laughs> yeah, it was some random ass dude I had never heard of.
1: But... Okay, here, a little trivia. Does anyone know the Mets manager?
0: Buck Scholl-Walter. Yep. yep. I remember them hiring him. Um, my NL uh, uh, young.
1: Sorry, right, it's uh, Tyler Mc. McGill.
0: Yeah, that's who's starting for the Mets tomorrow. I knew some nobody. Um,
1: it's like they signed Bartolo Colon.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this one, so I'm going to need you to maybe look it up. Actually, I can't pronounce this. Sandy Alcantara, pitcher for the Marlins. With the
1: Marlins? Yes. You think a Marlin is going to win the Young?
0: It has nothing to do with how good your team is. It has everything to do with how good you are. And that dude... <laughs> Has all the potential in the world to put together a Cy Young type season. Last year he put a three one nine ERA. Like he is a high strikeout guy as well. He pitched two hundred and five innings. I'm probably wrong here, but it's a it's a long shot. Dark. It's a shot in the dark, and I like taking a chance.
1: I am going Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals.
0: He picked a White Sox and a Cardinal to win Cy Youngs. So how dare you?
1: I just want to get an award right.
0: How dare you? All right. Whatever. What's next? Do we just All go? Right, gold uh, glove pitcher. American we're not doing League. gold gloves. <laughs> we're not doing gold gloves. We're
1: doing silver slugger, actually.
0: Silver slugger? Uh... No.
2: I thought there's a silver slugger for every position. Th-
0: that's the joke. Yeah, that's we're not the doing that oh, okay. shit. So are we're we not on doing manager to of the team year. predictions not, at this point? Well, Yeah, we're not doing manager of the year. Are we on to team predictions? Mike Matheny. <laughs> um, okay, let's just say who we have coming out of the American League. Anybody want to go?
1: Here.
2: Um, I do not know. Let me think here. I'll you go know, first. I'll go first.
1: Okay. So, I'm going to actually take the Blue Jays out of the American League, and I'm going to have them playing, believe it or not. the ah, Nope, not the Dodgers. You thought. I'm going to have them playing the Mets.
0: This guy. Blue
1: Jays, Mets and I'm going to have Blue Jays winning it all.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, well, I'll give you a way better take than that. Um, I'm going to go with the Dodgers in the National League because they're a fucking super team, and that lineup, literally Cody Bellinger is the worst hitter in that lineup statistically, and he was the 2019 MVP. So that lineup is just fucked. So I think they're a shoe in to win the National League. They could even have key injuries. I still think they get out of the National League. In the American League, oh, man, does it hurt to do this, but I do think the White Sox get out of the American League. But the good news is I think the Dodgers win the World Series. Okay.
2: Um, I'll be honest, man. I got no clue who's good and who's shit. Pick the Royals. I Pick the will Royals. go the... Shit. the Blue Jays. Versus the... Come on, John. What year is it? It's 2022? It's 2022? Blue Jays Giants,
0: even number year. Yep. uh, Yep. Even
2: though the past three even number years haven't followed the rule of even numbers. They were Jay a 100-win
0: team a year ago, so, I mean, it's yes, it's it's technically possible. Um, I'd say my dark horse to make it out of the American League, not that we're doing this, but my dark horse to make it out of the American League, if things go right for this team, I could see maybe the Angels getting out of there. I mean, they're so goddamn talented, but... It's, <laughs> it's just,
2: there's been, like, four separate times in my life where it's been, like, the Angels that finally surrounded Mike Trout with amazing talent yeah. and consistent pitching. Can they finally make the playoffs again?
0: Angels. Well, 71 they, and 91. Yeah. Was, <laughs> uh, hopefully Anthony Rendon does something this year at third for them and shit like that. But yeah. All right. Well, that's our MLB predictions. I'm sure 99, if not 100%, of those will be wrong. Transitioning into another professional sport. Did an interview this past week with UFC fighter Trey Ogden on his upcoming fight, April sixteenth, on ESPN Plus with Jordan Levitt. Let's go ahead and toss to that right now. All right, everybody, welcome to the special edition. Uh, today we have Trey Ogden on the podcast, my brother, UFC fighter. Uh, he has an upcoming fight, his first UFC fight, April sixteenth versus Jordan Levitt. Trey, thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. What's up? Uh, just another day, man. So, how are you? How are you preparing for this right now? Because It kind of came out of nowhere well not out of nowhere but it is very short notice for a fight three weeks in you know in advance
3: yeah um i'm always training so uh i kind of knew to be ready in april i was hoping to get a short notice fight in april so i've been training so um you know i just wasn't training opponent specific but uh i did a jujitsu match last weekend so i was training hard for that and then i ended up getting an opponent who specializes in jujitsu so it's perfect for me because i've basically been in camp for him already and then now i'm just doing like double time you know just specific tactical things for the specific matchup
0: yeah through your career you've taken on a few short fights before what challenges do you find whenever you do that obviously less time to prepare but like what does that mean to you
3: um well i'm always like close to a fight camp level volume so i don't necessarily uh find like a challenge as far as like the the limited time for preparation it's just you have less time to game plan for a specific opponent but at the same time they have the similar timeline to game plan for you as well so i mean he knew which day he was fighting but it's still a short notice opponent for him so uh you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter
0: to me much Is there anything, cause this will be your first UFC fight, is there anything that you're doing differently for a UFC fight than you've done throughout your career? Are you kind of just keeping it same way you always have?
3: Um, I think it's like been like a slow steady progression of like uh, a refining my process. So I'm just trying to operate the most refined version of my process like I will continue to, but uh, it being the UFC specifically doesn't necessarily change anything. Honestly, if anything, like my last fight was scheduled five rounds at altitude, and this one's scheduled three rounds not at altitude. So, um, you know, if anything, like physically, the last fight would have been a taller task. So it's pretty business as,
0: as usual. Specific opponent here, what is it that you're really honing in on? Obviously, you can't give away too much right now. But what is it specifically that he does well that you're really trying to focus on for this fight?
3: I feel like he has some tricky jujitsu from like uh, like almost unorthodox jujitsu, so I'm just making sure that I'm uh, kind of figuring, like seeing exactly like where he's awkward and where he's less awkward and uh, just keeping my position super fundamental and super tight and just uh, training for specific tendencies that I see him doing, but I definitely think we'll be grappling in the fight, so I'm doing a lot of grappling.
0: Yeah, I know... Back in, I believe it was 2020 or 2019, that you had to cancel a few fights because of your injuries. How is your body right now? You obviously- Great. Best it's ever been. Best it's ever been, really. That Was it the collarbone that was messed up? That one earlier? Series of bullshit. So I had a-
3: <laughs> And that started it all. Well, I blew my LCL in November of 2020. And up to that point, I really hadn't been like seriously injured. And that was yeah. a freak thing. And uh, so I blew my LCL in my knee. And I knew I needed to, I had some, I had had some hernias for a while. So I decided that while my knee was healing, that I would get the hernia surgeries taken care of because they were really starting to plague me kind of like all day. So, uh, so then I got the hernia surgeries and then my knee healed and then the hernias healed and I was training for a fight and I like blew a rib out, like on like fight week and just like another week. And then I healed from that. And then I was close about two, three weeks out from a fight and I had the most, weirdest mystery collarbone thing (laughs) but basically i dislocated the sc joint is essentially what happened and uh that took like three or four months to heal before so it was just like uh like three or four like unlucky weird things uh the lcl was the only injury of the four that i could like pinpoint even when it happened or what happened that one was like super obvious to me when it happened but like none of the other ones were they just like kind of crept up on me so uh yeah, it was just, like, a really frustrating time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, because you'd literally never had to cancel a fight before that. Yeah. I, I rem- and then all of a sudden that year, it was, like, every time you are right, be- right before you fought, you'd get a new injury, and I was like, damn, that, yeah. that's really <laughs> unfortunate. But, uh, yeah. Going back to last week, you said you competed in a jiu-jitsu thing. What was what was kind of that? Because I saw you post about it on Facebook, and I was kind of curious, because that's not typically what you do.
3: Yeah, it was just, like, a 10-minute jiu-jitsu match. Uh, I don't get to fight as often anymore, so I'm looking to yeah. start... jiu-jitsu matches just to keep myself competing uh a pretty reputable local guy and uh it was a less eventful match than i would have liked but i won a decision it was like 10 minutes submission only at the end the judges uh picked who was like the more aggressive busier Mm -hmm. uh, grappler and uh i had passed him and mounted him towards the end and i think that's what got the win for me
0: do you think that that is good practice for the guy that you're facing because you said he is kind of a jiu-jitsu guy
3: yeah and the preparation for it but definitely like the uh just the process of being backstage warming up walking out on the stage in front of a room full of people and and that alone is just valuable and I hadn't done it in a while and so I got reminded how valuable that experience was It was definitely something I want to do in between fights more often
0: so you're is this your first time fighting in Vegas this uh so that I mean that's a big deal that's the big yep. fights that's gonna be a big crowd are you intimidated at all by that how do you kind of hold that in because i know when i have like 20 people watching me compete in something i'm nervous so how do you hold that in
3: yeah well some of it's experience but in vegas right now we're fighting in the apex with no crowd so that's oh really opposite awkward awkward is there's that like, is, that is awkward yeah <laughs> it's almost like 50 people in there so it's like it's real quiet and you can hear the coaches yeah. And you hear the commentators, which is going to be strange to, like, hear the commentators talking about you fighting while you're fighting is going to be weird. That is weird. Um, yeah. But the platform is the biggest I've ever fought on. So like it's on ESPN. Right. And, yeah. Like, but more than anything, I think that it excites me because of the level of opportunity and exposure you get. And so more than hindering me, I feel like that enhances me now. Yeah. So. Like- and- Fighting in a big arena, I think that also, I would just pull energy from it more than it will, like, sure. uh, make me nervous at this point. But uh, there was a time where I used to be like, oh, man, someone's going here, Someone's sos here. There's so many people here, you know. Yeah. compartmentalize it and just think about it. Uh, I have, like, a set of things associated with fighting that I just put in a folder to think about after the fight. Like, I, I don't, like, try to take it in until, like, after the fight. And then I just, like, let it all
0: rush in. Yeah. So what do you, this, this has kind of always fascinated me with all fighters fight day, a few hours before the fight, everybody kind of has their own way that they get mentally prepared to fight. What is it that you do normally? Do you have the same routine every time? Do you change it? What is it that you do pre-fight to get yourself ready mentally and physically?
3: Well, I feel like that's a process leading up to the fight and by fight day, it's kind of done, you know, by fight day, it's just, just kind of sitting with this awkward feeling until yeah. the fight and, uh, but I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, I used to fall asleep backstage. That used to be my thing. Really, I would backstage, but I would be like the last fight of the night, and yeah, I would yeah. like sitting there nervous the whole time. And I would just like uh, fall asleep. And then when I'd wake up, I'd feel like really re-energized um, mm-hmm. and like kind of quiet-minded. But uh, mm-hmm. at this point, man, I just don't. need, I don't really overthink it much anymore. I just like trust in my preparation. I feel like I've I've prepared well. And uh, I know I'm gonna do, try my best. I'm gonna do what I'm I'm capable of doing. And uh, I just try not to uh, like talk to myself about how I feel. I just try to feel how I feel and accept how I feel as if it's correct. And so like, I feel like a lot of times when people get nervous for some kind of competition or a job interview or something, they start talking to themselves about the feelings that they're calling nervous. And then they start like narrating these things into like stories in their mind and I just try to avoid talking to myself in words about the nerves and anxiety, but rather feel the actual feeling and be present with it and recognize that uh, this is like a physiological response that your body has that's probably correct because it knows it's about to go into a combat situation. And so what you're feeling is a heightened sense of awareness, heightened state, um, extra energy, and I think that all too often, especially fighters, they turn that feeling into, like, I'm I'm a pussy. <laughs>
0: like,
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? They turn it yeah. into words, and then they get in their yeah. head, and so uh, I just try not to talk to myself about it much.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's definitely, I don't know how you guys do it, because I'm watching it scares the hell out of me. I'm, like, watching you on, I'm watching you in the arena and I'm like every time you're getting hit I'm like oh shit like I'm nervous you're about to get knocked out so I don't even know how you mentally do it but
3: yeah I don't know man it's uh it's weird because when like we watch fights live and you hear someone get kicked and it's like you know yeah like, Is that' what it sounds like why do we do this but when when you're in there it just seems normal
0: yeah so you've done a little bit of coaching I've seen on yep. the yeah. for glory um so how different I mean and you, we're kind of talking about it now do you like fighting or watching these guys more do you like like it's a different situation because like when you're in there like you said your adrenaline's going it's not the same like you're in the moment when you're watching these guys that you've been coaching do you find that like harder to do because you just want like you know what to do and it's hard because you're just watching them and you're just like yeah. oh man i want i want them to do this but i can't do anything about it like
3: uh every fighter's different like yeah, yeah they're all different like some of my fighters like are gonna listen to every they're gonna do anything i tell them to do if yeah. i tell them jump out of the cage they'll fucking jump out of the cage <laughs> and uh and so then it's just a matter of the matchup you know uh, but every like uh, one of my favorite quotes uh no man ever steps in the same river twice for he is not the same man and it is not the same river and it's like that's that's coaching and fighting is it's like it's never quite the same feel or experience but um i can't say that coaching is extremely meaningful and i get a ton out of it and uh i love fight nights with the team and I love going in there and seeing them win and seeing them do good and seeing them overcome adversity. And uh, and I've learned a lot about myself and my process by yeah. being so connected to their them and their process and watching them. Um, so, you know, I don't really, I don't really view like, uh, I got a question when I got signed to the UFC uh, what, uh, on Instagram. It was like, what, what. Are you more proud of, like, getting signed to the UFC or opening the gym? And it's, like, my answer was, like, they're the same thing to me. Like, this is all, like, one mission to me. So, like, right. me fighting, one of my fighters fighting, being in the gym coaching, being at a jiu-jitsu tournament or local jiu-jitsu matches, or, it, it all is, like, the same mission to me, you know? So, it all is, like, kind of, none of it carries any weight different than any any the rest of it.
0: Yeah, and so you talk about getting signed to the UFC. So let's go back to last November on your 32nd birthday. You win that fight, you get signed. I watched that video, I watched the Dana White looking for a fight. That was so awesome to see. Take me through that because I didn't really get to talk to you much about that that experience, that fight, that entire like moment. What was that like for you?
3: Man, it was uh it was very vindicating, you know. Mm-hmm. I lot of work in and a long journey and then I got to the doorstep of the UFC like one fight away but I got hurt for 18 straight months and couldn't fight and it was just like a crazy moment and it was the first real opportunity I got with the UFC and it was the only one I was gonna get and I knew that going yeah. into it and so uh, I had a tough opponent and then the fight went like really according to plan and then I was pretty sure I had done enough to get the contract and so it was just like yeah like an overwhelming sense of like satisfaction because of the length of the journey and the amount of adversity and just like the weight of the moment was just, it was way more than it would have been if I got signed to the UFC like four years ago or something, you know, it was just like, and then I had the gym and a bunch of my members were out there and it was just like crazy. So it was a, uh, I really never did get words for it, but it yeah. was pretty fucking awesome. It was probably the best moment of my life so far.
0: Yeah, no, I, it was sick. And, I mean, you are 32. It's kind of an older age to just be starting in the UFC. So what are some of your goals in this time that you're going to be there? Do you have a certain amount of wins you want to get? Is there a certain milestone you want to hit? What are your goals for your time in the UFC now?
3: Well, one of the goals that I wrote down for myself, like, five years ago was um, my, my M.A. competition goal, the official one I wrote down was to finish a ranked contender on their way up not on the way down so that's top 10 to me not top 15. so uh, i i would like to finish someone in the top fifteen. To put them away uh in their prime and uh but i'm willing to take it as far as i can i think i'll fight in the ufc for five years and i'm going to give it everything i have for the next five years uh and see what i can do with it but uh i don't i don't plan on i plan on fighting 10 to 15 times and i'd like to have 10 to 15 consecutive finishes would be ideal in my mind
0: so how do you especially getting like in that time frame you're going to be getting mid to upper 30s how are you going to keep your body like able to fight because a lot of fighters when they get to this age they start to break down they're not the same they lose a step how are you planning on keeping your body fresh enough to go that long
3: well uh this year i'm actually aging backwards so i'll (laughs) this year so uh, I'll be feeling pretty good but I think that just comes with discipline um with your diet and your lifestyle and your training and so yeah, I'm, I'm eating as pretty much as clean as I can uh, if I'm not eating clean it's because my weight has dropped too low sometimes I struggle with that because I train a lot and uh, I just need to like put calories in my body but uh, yeah, I'm trying to eat as clean as possible. I sauna three times a week. I um, I do. I stretch over an hour a day every single day without fail. Um, so I train smarter than I used to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not breaking myself down quite as much. My volume's really high, and I'm pretty like sore and tired all the time. But I'm not doing like uh, like all out like heavy heavy weightlifting. You know. Um. Yeah. Respecting the process a little more, sleeping eight hours a night, super disciplined with that. So, I think that uh, I think that I can be even in my physical prime up to about 37, and uh, and I think I could compete after that. I just don't want to. I I want to train for my whole life. So I want to, you know, I'll probably compete in jujitsu after that age, but I want to retire from uh, competition with with a body that can rejuvenate 100% and then be on the mats for another 30 years. You know, yeah. um, you know, the long, long, short answer is I just like really focused on longevity. And so at one point, my training switched about a year and a half, two years ago. And especially through all those injuries, I had to reevaluate everything. I started training with longevity as the primary mindset. Like, hey, I want to be around for a really long time. I need to
0: make sure everything I'm doing is sustainable. And you're not concerned at all about those injuries that you just got, that those would prevent you from accomplishing this? Those aren't going to linger? They've all healed. I'm 100%. Uh, my collarbone, 100%. Um,
3: my knee healed 100%. Uh, my rib healed 100%. Like, and like, like I said, I'm, I'm honestly the least banged up I've ever been. I'm as healthy as I've ever been. And I think some of that comes from the lessons I absorbed through that process. You know, I used to have hernias, too. Yeah. Too which is not fun to train all day on. And I don't have those anymore. And that that alone is just, makes me feel so much different. You know? so, honestly, dude, I would say like, uh, I'm 32. I would say I feel better than I did when I was like 29. Like I was pretty fucked up. I was pretty
0: beat no, up. No, you were, you were getting... yeah. I always remember that story where I think you won this fight and you got in the elevator afterwards. And then you went back to the hotel and you your piss was the color of like Coca-Cola that story was always i uh, tell my friends was, all the time
3: i was actually at the venue i peed that color um i got i went in the shower at the venue the venue had a shower uh-huh. it was really hard three-round fight and that would have been like 2017-ish or 18-ish and mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah i went i got in the shower and i peed in the shower and it was just like brown <laughs> oh i'd never seen that like freaked me the fuck out and i, I <laughs> that was, I knew it was like, you're, you're basically in rhabdomyosis, you know? you know, which is when your muscle tissue is breaking down so fast, your kidneys can't clear it. And oh. so, uh, that happens like, like, uh, have you ever heard of David Goggins? I haven't. The- Marathon guy, check him out. He's cool as shit. But uh, like like real extreme like endurance feats. Sometimes people will get like rhabdo and you can die from it. And so I was like, oh, yeah. Fuck. And then I was like, dude, I can't drink tonight because it was like right after the fight. You know, you want to drink and stuff. And I knew I was walking down into this little crowded venue of people wanting to drink. And I was like, I can't drink tonight. I got I, got, I can't drink till I pee clear. And um. Uh, I took the shower i finished shower. i went downstairs i got handed some alcohol i drank it i forgot all about this shit. i didn't even think about it again until the next morning and i peed clear and it all ended up all right but it was pretty intense yeah
0: would you say that's the scariest thing that you've seen from fighting or is there a better story there's something that spooked you even more well with me personally
3: or period that i've seen
0: either We'll
3: well the scariest thing i think i've ever seen is when uh michael venom page flying need cyborg and bellator in the head and put a fucking literal dent fracture oh my god and if you haven't seen that google that because that is and then they x-rayed it the next day and i actually fought on bellator the next week and i just (laughs) oh my god that was probably the scariest thing i've ever seen with with fighting besides like the leg snap thing but uh, um i don't know i would say yeah that's one of the uh one of the scarier ones. I saw this kid one time when I was an amateur. Um, he got his nose broke in the fight. And it was like, you know, and they were backstage. The medics were backstage trying to set it back straight. Oh. And he's just like bawling tears. And he's just like, ah, and they'd be like, Okay, one
1: more time. And he'd be like, ah <laughs> and
3: after like five, five Oh my God. And like five minutes after uh they I mean, they push on his nose for like five minutes like yeah we can't fix it you need to go to the hospital <laughs> just, oh jesus what are we doing here
0: <laughs> jesus well is there anything else you want to say about your fight coming up or anything else you just want to put out there before we wrap this thing up uh
3: just follow me on instagram trey underscore all wait no i changed that uh, no okay. it's not that
0: anymore how's it gonna say
3: marathon underscore mma uh, yeah and then uh you know glory mma overland park that's uh, where i'm teaching full time and then uh, shout out to my sponsor native hemp company their local cbd company in uh lee summit they're super cool they also have delta eight all that kind of stuff and uh, all organic stuff free shipping they have a website they'll ship anywhere free and ogden mma will get you 20 percent off
0: and if people want to watch this upcoming fight you said it's on espn yeah it will be on espn plus yes sir awesome all right trey thank you for your time and good luck in your fight yeah my pleasure man right all right thank you for that interview trey we wish him the best of luck on his upcoming fight april 16th again you can watch that on espn plus now we're going to shift into the final and if he wins yeah he can punch me just kidding not gonna happen i was about to say that's
1: not gonna happen but uh, (laughs) you said it we got it on the we we do have this on recording
0: yeah by the way Uh, but let's go ahead and start our final edition of race for the 10th seed
1: well, we're back next year. That's all, well, that's all you year. need to know.
0: For this year. Yeah, I know.
1: We are back next year. All right, here we go. Coming in at number, where did I start, 13? Damian Lillard, you already know the deal. Say it with me. Damian Lillard's a, a little, little bitch. There we go. Coming in at number 12. Sorry, it's the Portland Trailblazers. Coming in at number 12, Darren Fox. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, Damian Mitchell, you better save me. Vlade Vitov, whatever the hell your name is, Monty McNair, you're you're just, you you suck. You suck. I swear to God, if you don't get Chet Holmgren, I want you fired and I want you out of here. And it's your Sacramento Kings. Fair enough. Coming in at number 11, it is the NBA's most bust-worthy team. Biggest disappointment in NBA history. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. Do I keep going on?
0: Carmelo Anthony and Dwight
1: grinder howard
0: La- eliminated <laughs> they are <alienated. laughs> i was waiting to use that all year long i was waiting
1: oh god coming in at number 10 how's he still coaching they pulled it out greg popovich then the san antonio spurs have made the play in tournament yeah, suck it number josh nine.
0: you've been saying all year how is he still coaching he's too fucking old they made the play in tournament
1: well they didn't make the playoffs Cause. They could.
0: Yeah, and they don't have, like, a, anybody notable. They got Kilden Johnson. Coming in at
1: number nine, he is supposedly coming back the 350-pound machine. I want a Big Mac. No, I want a quarter pounder. No, I want a fish soleil. I want it all. It's Zion Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> and the New Orleans Pelicans.
2: Coco. Still not a bust.
1: Coming in at number eight, it's America's most hated team the Los
2: Angeles Clippers future biggest chokers in NBA history in 2023
1: coming in at number seven for one last time my favorite line I like Popeyes I like McDonald's no I'm not racist it's it's Anthony Edwards in the Minnesota Timberwolves damn there's
0: the final one there you guys go
1: um Eastern Conference, like I said, you only got it once this year because Tyrese Halliburton yeah, got the traded. And they ended edition. up at You guys year. missed that too yeah. bad.
0: Uh, John, yeah, let's just ask you real quick. So you're the nine right now, right? No, you're the or eight. the eight, and you would play the nine, which is New Orleans. The, yes.
2: No, we would play the yes.
1: seven. No, you no. would play. Oh wait, no, the eight the does nine. play
0: the seven. Yeah, the 8-9 no, it's 8-9.
1: And, and it's 7-7. No,
0: it, it is 8-7. And, seven. It and is the loser seven. plays
1: the winner of 9-10. Yeah. Loser
0: plays the winner stupid. of 9-10. No, that's the way it works. Well, have
1: you not been paying attention to the play-in because
2: that's how it works? All right, Why John. It, give, so me, give me
0: matter. the breakdown. How do you feel against Minnesota?
2: Um. Okay, with Norman Powell officially. You do have to the beat them twice, tonight,
0: they only have to beat you once. Uh, yeah, well.
2: I, okay, that's not exactly how that works. I thought that's how all right. it
0: I thought the higher seed only had no, to win one, and the lower seed had to win no, two.
2: The higher seed plays the lower or eight plays seven, nine plays ten. The winner of eight seven moves on, and the loser of eight seven plays the winner of nine ten.
0: Oh, and then the so, winner of nine ten has to beat the other team twice. I the think. loser of eight seven,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, okay. so, so how do you feel? Yeah, the Clippers have to lose twice to miss the playoffs. I feel pretty good. With the way that just... I mean, Paul George is back and honestly, like, not too much struggle for him. I thought maybe it would be a little harder for him to get reassimilated, And he's delivered a few pretty good performances for the Clippers. Um, Norman Powell is playing tonight uh, for the first time in, like, three months. Um, Kawhi Leonard is nowhere to be found. But I think that the Clippers will get past the Timberwolves. And, well, at the very least... I think that uh, at the very least they'll give the Grizzlies an interesting series. Um, I don't expect us to beat them. They are young their and an inexperienced. That
0: could be a, that could be a series.
2: No, it could. And I mean, I think one thing about the NBA is just a lot of times you discover that teams aren't actually good come playoff time. And I think the Grizzlies are okay candidates for that. But also like, I think they're also candidates to be interesting. Like, I, I don't think that's too far off the mark. Um, So yeah, I mean, look, it's nice as the Clippers fan or as a Clippers fan to at least think that like, you know, something somewhat interesting could happen because I mean, this season has admittedly been, look, it's not as fun when literally 65% of your salary cap is concurrently injured for the whole season. Um, And that was very much the Los Angeles Clippers this year. So it's a good little cherry on top of the weird sunday that was the 2021-2022 clippers
0: so okay so you think you're gonna win if you were to lose to the timberwolves in this game let's say you play so then you'd have to play the the winner of the 9-10 would you rather play the pelicans or spurs
2: um (laughs) honestly i would specifically rather play the spurs only because my brother is a pelicans fan and i don't want to like Deal with that. Um, so, yeah. i will rather play his first, and I think we'll beat him. But
0: would you be I, nervous I at all if, if Zion came back and it was a winner? go home?
2: Oh, if Zion came back, part of me would want to cheer for the Pelicans just to, like, rub, <laughs> rub, it, rub it in Josh's, Josh's face. face. <laughs> like,
1: if Zion came back and just, like, beat the Clippers' Even ass, if Zion came back, it, he's only coming back for, like, 10 minutes a game. He's not going to have an if they go on a
0: deep run? Yeah, you would literally have to, like, quit talking sports forever. It would be yeah. a, you wouldn't be able to recon You would not be able How much to Oh, you want to bet that. they don't. Oh, it's They not, want,
1: the Pelicans this, are not making the Eastern Conference semifinals.
0: You're right. They're not making the fucking playoffs, but that's that's this is just a hypothetical that John Williamson will be a bust. Now next year when the Pelicans play the Clippers in the playoffs, Josh, who are you going to root for? Because that just sounds Clippers. like it's going to be absolute torture for you.
1: The Clippers, not even. That's Clippers. how
0: bad you hate Zion. Yeah, that's impressive.
1: What
2: the hell did the Clippers do to y'all? Let me let me I was just, gonna say yeah.
1: no. The Clippers didn't do anything to
2: me. I'll tell you what
1: it. the
0: Clippers did to me.
1: Yeah, the Clippers haven't done anything to me. No,
0: the Clippers have done something to me. I'll tell you why I hate the Clippers. Oh God! I All liked right. the Clippers. I actually did. I had no problem with the Clippers up until Kawhi Leonard went there, and then when Kawhi went Kawhi Leonard went there especially coming off of what he had just done in the playoffs, all I fucking heard on the media and all I heard throughout all of social media and everywhere I looked is how Kawhi was better than LeBron and how Kawhi's legacy was this and that and how he's a top 10 player ever and all of this bullshit. And so that entire season, I was like, no, this is complete horseshit. I'm rooting against the Clippers. Like, I'm sick of hearing this propaganda. That's honestly where it started. And I just have never let go of it. I also didn't like Patrick. Bro, okay.
2: I feel like we've gotten our punishment. We are the biggest laughing stock in all of major American sports. Oh like, no, you have. Like
0: I was I was vindicated when the Lakers won that bubble ring because that entire season they were like, Well, if if Kawhi comes to LA and out duels LeBron in LA, then he's better than him all time. And I was just like literally losing my fucking mind. So I no, I actually don't hate the Clippers anymore, to be completely honest. No. Let me tell you, you need to
2: respect your Clippers fans because you wouldn't give someone shit for being, like, mentally disabled or something like that. And that's what Clippers <laughs> fans are.
0: I give like, you shit for it every day. Up-
2: would,
1: would you give shit to a Kings fan? Because we haven't made it in yes.
2: 16 years. Yeah, 100%. But okay. when when somebody, like, comes up to me in public and they're like, oh, Clippers fan. And, like, oh, and usually the interaction is not I'm the Clippers fan. It's I know someone who's a Clippers fan. Um And I'm always like, tell them I said sorry. Like, it it is the shittiest existence. I can fully say that. The one year the Clippers had the best team in the NBA and probably weren't going to choke, their best player tore his ACL in garbage minutes of a playoff game. So, yeah. I can't really think of more shitty ways to be a sports fan than to cheer for the Clippers. If you want to
0: have pain, cheer for the Clippers. Okay, so let's talk about this real quick because I feel like we really haven't even talked. We've talked about the bottom of the East or bottom of the West more than we've talked about the rest of the NBA this year. Who do you guys like right now to come out of the East and West? I'm very interested to hear this. Suns versus Nets.
2: You think the Nets
0: are going to the finals,
2: dude? I'm still like, uh, like, I'll believe it when I see someone knock out KD and Kyrie. Like, I, the Bucks did it
1: last year. I don't know what else. They you did. To they did.
2: But if KD wore like a literally a half size smaller shoe, they wouldn't have. Like I and I mean, I think they were in a bigger predicament last year than they were this. Um I'm and not. reminder, the Bucks went on to win the NBA championship. They so were I also
0: think they were better last year than they are this year. I, I actually wholeheartedly believe that. Maybe they had three all stars a year ago, live. they've got two right now
1: the it, Nets win they in the won. play-in, then Ben Simmons should be back to playing is what... Ben
0: Simmons, like, I don't know what the fuck... Even if he does magically come back, are we going to pretend that he's just going to have, like, this chemistry with Kyrie and Kevin Durant immediately? Because that's not I mean, going to happen. The, I feel like his biggest asset is just being a defensive weapon
2: at this point. I mean, I don't, look, I'm not even looking at it from that perspective. I I just, like, Kevin Durant is... As good at basketball as LeBron James is, yeah. like it's the same type of thing. I have trouble just thinking he's going to go out with a whimper. Like he's damn good. And and you say they had three All Stars last year. Let me remind you that Kyrie was injured in the playoffs, and Someone Harden literally should have been like. It looked like he needed a cane out there the way he was playing. Like he he looked like an old ass man. But, so but
0: I. But you I, also considered you also considered this that a year ago that team was a two seed, I believe? Were they a two or a three? They were. Regardless, that team was better a year ago than they are today, and they had a home court advantage in that series, and they were actually good throughout the regular season. They have not really been that good throughout this regular season, and they're not going to have home court advantage, which is now mattering again. It's no longer the days of the bubble where the home field advantage is worthless. It's home court, court, I should say. Um, Home court advantage matters greatly at this point, and if they get in They're getting in as either an 8 or a 7, and they're taking on either Miami, Boston, or Milwaukee. I don't think they can beat any of those teams in a series. I mean, maybe not, but they are uh,
2: the second favorite to come out of the East. So, I like them.
0: And they have Kevin Durant. All right, Josh, what about you?
1: (laughs) I got Warriors-Celtics.
0: Warriors-Celtics. So, you don't think the Suns get back. That's it. That'd be the, that'd be a huge shock because the Suns right now are just pissing on everybody. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think the Suns you have to look at as the
0: the favorites right now. Right? So what we I mean, have, have to look are...
2: at is:
1: do we think the Grizzlies actually have a chance to make a run?
0: See, I don't like young
1: teams. I don't like that. That's why I'm asking. I, I don't. I agree too.
2: Sorry, the better part of me wants to say that they're like going to lose to the Clippers. Like, I. It's very possible. I don't know now. I, I still think the Clippers are a pretty pretty good team. Like, reminder that the Kawhi, like, the Clippers, this pretty much same group, minus Norman Powell, but with more experience, admittedly, made the Western Conference Finals, uh, like, or at least finished off the series over Utah, and honestly, if they would have made some free throws, probably would have made the championship, but Paul George is still a choking little bitch. Um, We, um, I think we can beat the Grizzlies. I don't think we can beat the Suns, and I don't think we can beat the Mavericks. Sorry, I just turned this back into the Clippers. This is about the Grizzlies. I think the Clippers are their biggest threat. Sorry, I could see them first round exiting easily.
0: Okay, my turn. I'm going to skip Bayless. My turn. My I will turn. no longer take the disrespect, all right? I've got Phoenix coming out of the West. i got no problem with that. But you're going to put some goddamn respect on the number one seed in the East Miami Heat who have been there for the entire fucking second half of the season. There is no team in the NBA that is better 1-14. through 14. They have more depth than any team in the NBA, and it is proven all season long. When, you're, when, when your bench consists of Hero, Duncan Robinson, fucking this Max Struz dude. Like, they have three white guys that can shoot the shit out of the ball. I don't know where they found these guys. You've got guys like Dwayne Deadman giving you good minutes. You've got Victor Oladipo who's come back into the fucking equation. I don't understand, especially because they it's not like they're in a little city. It's not like they're from a like shitty city. They're Miami. Why are they not getting any hype? Like, they are. The, I know they don't have a Giannis. I know they don't have yeah. this fucking, like, top five player on their team. But they didn't have a top five player on their team when they went to the finals in the bubble. Like, why? And no. this team is very, very similar to that, if not better. So, in my opinion, Miami should be the favorite in the East.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, I think you have a fair point. Like, I think Miami's... Damn good, but to answer your question, and you answered it yourself, like it's because Jimmy Butler is their best player. I'm not saying that that means they can't be good, but that's why people don't lose their minds over them. Like I personally see the Sixers doing a very typical Sixers, like, but I I see them everywhere, like everywhere. And
0: I mean, I I never see the Heat, so I think it's all about they don't have Harden, they don't have Embiid, they don't have Tatum, they don't have Giannis. They don't have Durant. Like that the like like even you guys are like like you, John. The Nets at forty two and thirty eight have gotten like double the conversation, double the exposure, double the highlights this season than the Heat, who are fifty two and twenty eight. And I understand Kevin Durant is arguably the best basketball player on the planet. I understand Kyrie Irving's very fun to watch, but I just don't understand why, like I, if you're going to say anybody to come out of the East, in my opinion, and I very much so think it's going to be either Miami or Milwaukee. I think right now when you look at it, and none of us said Milwaukee, so if there's any Bucks fans listening, let me vindicate you really quick. I think a Miami Heat-Milwaukee Bucks series legitimately would come down to home court advantage is why I take the Heat, because I honestly think that would come down to who has Game 7. But I do think Giannis is still the best player in the world, he deserves the MVP this year. I'll fucking say that. He it, he deserves his third. And I, I wouldn't sleep on them either. I don't think many people are. But, yeah, the Heat, I, I know it sounds stupid because they're like one of the biggest brands in basketball, but they have been slept on this year.
1: You want to know a team to watch out for? Who? The Nuggets.
0: Does Jamal Murray come back? Yeah. Does Michael Porter come back?
1: It doesn't matter.
0: He just said, it doesn't matter Michael Porter just can't. You just admitted that Michael Porter was worthless. Like, that was literally you just admitting Michael Porter wasn't <laughs> worth That You literally <laughs> just admitted that to me right now. I did. Because, like, it's not like I'm out here saying, like, with the Pelicans, if Zion comes back, it doesn't matter. It clearly matters if he comes back. So, yeah, no, Nuggets are raw. I mean, Jokic is the best center in the league. I won't hear any I'm other starting to.
1: Ex- I'm starting to go away from the NBA, if you guys haven't realized. Because I've given up. I gave the NBA three years of my life that I'll never get back. AKA, I chose the Kings for some stupid reason. You can switch.
0: I'm still gonna... There's no ties. Don't bitch. Don't bitch. You're not, not the Clippers. Not. No, you're not, I'm not the Clippers.
1: I'm not. And I'm going to stick with the Kings. All right. Yeah, as much
0: troubles as I've been through watching the NBA, I have to say I've had it so much easier than both of you. It is. At least, and I, you know, I did fucking I had 30 bandwagon. games this year? I did bandwagon onto the Heat whenever they had LeBron and D-Wade, but I'm still a fucking fan. I was a fan through all the mediocre years when LeBron left, so anyone can suck my dick that doesn't Kings like it. going to
1: have the 7th best odds.
0: Who does? AKA, they're going to get the, the Kings. They're going to have the 7th. Oh, for the lottery. I thought you said the Heat had the 7th best odds to win it no. all. Now I was going to kick somebody's ass. So, like, my
1: thing is if the Kings <laughs> were
0: to have the 6th best odds, I think they could actually
1: get the number 1 pick.
0: But the seventh, I just don't think you have good I don't it. think Chet's even a lock to go number one, to be honest. He isn't. I, I think you can get Chet at three. He's a weird prospect. Like, it's just like... Okay, serious question, though. Like,
2: if he didn't have the mustache, would he, like, be viewed entirely differently? That's, that's a different guy. I think, yes. That's a different guy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, who are you talking about?
2: What? Chet? I thought he plays for Gonzaga. He does. They both
0: he do. Does. You're thinking of Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy has oh, the mustache. Oh, Chet okay. is the really yep. tall, skinny motherfucker that looks like he's never lifted a weight in his life,
1: which is probably true. Yeah. He's the nope. next Giannis in three years.
0: Yeah, so the he Heat is. have the best, the fourth best odds to win the, t- the championship, which isn't uh, insanely disrespectful. But the Nets have the second best odds, which is just unfucking believable. That is Ugh. actually, actually, the Nets I stand have the corrected. Fifth best odds? Two. They have the third best odds. I, I wow. think it's less... The Heat away, actually... But I think- okay, I've read this wrong. The Heat have the sixth best odds to fucking win a ring. That Make that make sense. Somehow, the Sixers, Celtics, Warriors, and Nets are all above them. And the Bucks and Suns. Bucks and Suns deserve it. But, yeah, okay. I'm I'm going to remember this shit. I, I Whenever they win and everyone's like, they weren't underdogs, they're all one seed. I'm, I'm going to really say, hate shut hate the
1: fuck up. The first round from the Nets. Dude,
2: the only thing I want to tell you, Jackson, is that like you can fight the media hype and say that it's misplaced, but when you start it's fighting the right. bookies, that's when you get in a little bit of trouble, or at mm-hmm. least in my experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, that's facts, but, and it would be absolute bullshit to get the one seed just to face Kevin Durant in the first round and Kyrie Irving. Like that'd be the best eight seed of all time. That'd be a little unfair, but fuck it. You got to beat. All right. You got to beat him eventually. So.
1: Should we get uh, to D4 of the week? D4 of the, of the week.
0: One. Josh, who's your D4 of the week? It's
1: Mother Nature. Why is it 48 degrees and 40 mile per hour wind gusts on opening day? I already have a- allergies, and may- it might be a cold. I'm pretty sure it's allergies, but regardless, it's just going to make it worse. First opening day I go to, and it's 48 degrees with 40 mile per hour gusts.
0: Yeah, I mean, opening day is typically not very warm. That's... Okay. Yeah, and you know what? D four of the week to you for even
2: complaining about the circumstances of opening day.
1: Yeah. No. 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 It's gonna feel like it's gonna feel like thirty something degrees. I can. Your hate. ass is
2: gonna be plopped in the seat. That's what I'm saying. I'm not bringing a coat. Nobody Okay, asked. Well, you're really stupid if you do that. Huh?
0: I'm bringing a coat. You're bringing a coat.
2: D <laughs> am of the week.
0: Not an athlete. I'm going on zip. Code. My D4 of the week, Amy Schumer. Does anybody know what I'm going to say?
1: I, I've seen her on Twitter, but I don't know what it's about.
0: So she's a comedian, which is not true, but she's a self-proclaimed comedian who, when hosting the Oscars, said that she had a joke revoked that she could not say that she wrote. And the joke reads as follows. Don't look up as the name of a movie. More like don't look down the barrel of Alec Baldwin's shotgun. This bitch is, like, the most unfunny, like, dumbest bitch. And then after that, she doubled down on it after they told her no. And she goes, I wasn't allowed to say any of that, but you can come up and slap someone. At, oh, like, God. D4 to the fucking week. You have earned it. I rarely ever go outside of sports, but she deserved it.
2: Um, I You know, I weirdly planned this when it was a little more relevant, but... Um, my D4 of the week is people who think that the slap was fake. Um, if you've seen like the 30 seconds afterwards, Chris Rock is like genuinely like, what the hell just happened? He literally says, we're going to give out a documentary for the best award. Um, and like immediately after it, that shit was real. Um, yeah. He and if says, Oh
1: boy, I could do. <laughs> starts laughing. What? like He, ca- he catches himself. Like it was, it was real
2: yeah no he was he was like he was seriously like what the shit um, and yeah like the funniest thing is I see the same people saying that that was uh, that was fake um, thinking that um, well I'll go ahead and say it thinking that the uh, the 2020 election was rigged so <laughs> if you've got conspiracy theories um, like that I
0: just I don't really um,
2: I don't really know what to tell you I don't know what to tell you
0: Yeah, anyone that thinks that's fake, like, I thought maybe when it happened it was staged, but then it clearly wasn't, like, but, yeah, Yeah. you're right, the people that are still trying to say that it was, oh, it was set up so the Oscars could save their ratings, like, bro, those are the same people that fucking, like, believe in, like, Bigfoot and, like, are on the internet at 4 a.m. because they don't have a job, like me, and are fucking watching conspiracy theory videos, like, that, that was so clearly real. Are you just describing yourself, some nights, yeah, I do watch YouTube some nights at four AM. But I, I believe the slap was real, so you can't categorize me into that, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm, you know, maybe close enough. Um, but truly, I
2: did not hear about that 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 joke. That yeah. is like probably the dumbest joke I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> hey, for
1: anybody that's interested, because don't, look cause, up. don't. More, hey, don't
0: look I, I, I'm just gonna put this out there. If you want real comedy, Chappelle's coming to Kansas City next Friday. So, uh, are you going God. to it? I I don't know. I have to see the tickets, but I would go to it I would go to
1: Burt Kreischer or K- Kri- K- I don't
0: know how to pronounce
1: it, but
2: Dude, Jackson, those ticket prices are gonna be like they're gonna blow your ass off.
0: Those There's will no and way I guarantee that- you the next uh Chris Rock tour, those tickets are gonna be fucking insane.
2: Have you seen like his the tickets for his next show? It's like two thousand dollars <laughs> for like the, the ticket in like the top corner. Like the corner Probably just because they're hoping he'd say something. Well, I mean, he hasn't made, like, a public appearance yet.
0: Yeah, like, he has. He People one, are thinking that will be well, his first public, one. Well, not public, he did a skit. Chris after.
1: Rock's next event yeah. is in California, which on April 8th, and it, the cheapest ticket is $400. I okay. feel like that yeah.
0: would have yeah. been maybe it, maybe it was. Anywhere. It
2: might have been, like, the one in New York from, like, a few
0: days ago. So maybe he has now. But at the time, he so has. So the cheapest ticket at Chappelle when he's going to be at the Uptown Theater is $244. Oof. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Furt Kreischer, May eighth, ninety six dollars, cheapest. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we know I think I have... that's. I was gonna say, I think we've reached it where we yeah, just go it. off.
0: Um, I was gonna say something. Damn it! I it fell off my mind. Whatever. Um, since Josh claims this will be out before opening day, make sure it will be.
1: Out. It won't be now that we have to upload a edit and export all that stuff. It's whatever.
0: Well, Ooh. still whenever. Sorry, you hear this, I have one last thing. If you're a
2: KU fan and you're all happy, chances are you're a loser bitch, meaning you're probably an Arsenal fan. In which case, fuck you.
0: That is all. Yeah, I agree. Fuck all of you that took the easy way out and get to live a happy life in college sports because you don't understand the pain. And we'll leave it there. See you next week.